for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Matt and Justin. Golden Spaces Odyssey Original Podcast. We're back. I hope you've enjoyed all the recent episodes we've been putting out. We're putting in this work, Justin, me and you, aren't we? Yeah, pumping them out. Y'all better be listening, downloading, subscribing, giving five-star reviews and ratings. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, we are coming off a Warriors win. A win, a win. Another at-home win. Is this their 10th home win? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so they're coming off a win versus uh, the Houston Rockets. I don't want to dismiss them because they did just beat the Suns the other night, which actually made me happy. Shout out to, to the Rockets for doing good work for that. But um, still, nonetheless, it was the Rockets. So this is a game we expected to win, right? So they should win. And um, they had a game. Um, this was a back-to-back. So they had a game right before that. They played Chicago. Also, when both games, even though sometimes it got a little close, the Warriors pretty much had the games in hand, right? So, I don't know. Do you want to start with Houston first, since this is the game we're recording right after, and then we can also talk a little bit about Chicago, or we could talk about both games together. I'm not sure that there was that much in either game. There's some things we can talk about, but why don't we get into the games, what you saw, what you thought. Street's telling me you've been talking about my boy Wiggins, so we might have to address that too. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Warriors won, so they're making us look good because we predicted that they're going to win the next five. So we're off to a good start since the last time we recorded. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, took care of business. Both the Chicago game and the Houston game were kind of similar, like thinking about how they got out to leads early. Um and then they just kind of let the foot off the gas a little bit. Other team goes on a run, and, you know, you know how that goes. But they ultimately took care of business at the very end. Um, Andrew had an amazing night tonight. Should have had uh, nine threes. Should have had nine threes. Well, yeah, his foot was, you know, he had the KD thing, toe on the line. If his shoe <laughs> yeah. size was, was two sizes smaller, he would have got three. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that they had this level of shooting on the team. I think they were, they were leaning a little bit into the three for sure. I think in the fourth quarter, they might've take, they took a handful of twos period in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. It was a minute threes. before they took some, some twos because yeah, I, I think Looney took like the first two. It was like a midi, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I want to, I mean like Steph took 17 threes. <laughs> Jordan Poole took eight. Wiggins took 10. Um, and I mean, combined, they made what is that? Twenty-one. That's that's ridiculous. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like on nights like this, like Steph probably knows, like these are not defenses that can stop him or do anything. So. Yeah, and it's it's a back-to-back second night of a back-to-back against this team that's full of young guys that's all juiced up. They got to win. Um, they beat the Suns last night. Yeah. Yeah. So they juiced up. They're hyped up. They're ready. You know. And their team that just comes at you, they just keep coming in waves. They just come in their bench unit is full of young guys as well. So it was, I think the Warriors knew it was going to be one of those games where the other team just super high energy. Um, so I don't, I just think they just didn't have the, the thought to just consistently attack the rim and right. the Rockets switch a lot and they got quick guys and stuff like that. So they were just like, look, they're giving us the three. We're going to take it. If they fall, we're probably going to win. If they don't, then <laughs> we're in trouble, but luckily they fell. Using the Rockets' philosophy against them. <laughs> right, right. The old Rockets, too. So Jimmy, do, do you, Jimmy Rockets. <laughs> do you think this is real with Andrew Wiggins, this three? Like, is he – I mean, look, they're, they're going to always, I think, opposing teams, I would imagine, are still in terms of, like, if it's Andrew, Clay, and, and um, Steph, the order of deference they're still going to probably give is Steph, Clay, Andrew. But mm-hmm. do you think – this three is legitimate from Andrew that like, you know, this is going to like, if he's shooting like this, <laughs> right. They're, they're going to be impossible to stop once we're just waiting on a game where like all four of their scores are on a heater. Um, I think that's coming. 
but I don't think they'll be playing many minutes that game because they'll just be blowing the other team out. But I do think the the Andrew shot is real. I think um, the especially the spot up, the catch and shoot, you know, the step backs and all type of stuff. That was kind of heat check stuff. He really had it going tonight, so he was, you know, putting up some shots that he normally probably wouldn't even attempt. But uh, overall, I think his three is real. I mean, last year he shot over or close to forty percent. Um, in the playoffs, it kind of went down because his defensive uh, responsibilities went up, and that's just you know everybody's two point percentage goes down in the playoffs because they're just exerting more energy in other areas of the game. But overall, I think his shot form is just very solid. It looks clean. Um, it doesn't that's have a hitch or anything. Ask. Like, have you yeah. seen any change in the way he's shooting his shot? That like, I don't know. I, I have no it just, idea. It just looks more comfortable, like smooth. Like he's not thinking about it when he catches. He goes. He rides it straight up and shoots it. Um, that's usually a telltale sign about like whether or not a guy is actually a good shooter. Just how how quick they get into their shot, how smooth it looks. Does it look forced? Does it look like they're thinking about it? With Andrew, it doesn't look like either of those things. Um, it just comes off his fingers nice and nice and easy, and he's just drilling them. You know, he has a high release point. He jumps high. Um, so yeah, he's just knocking them straight in. Yeah, that makes me happy because you the tweet I'm referencing where I said you well you talking about him. It wasn't just this tweet tonight. I don't think you were really talking about him, but it was something to do with gambling. And you know, I don't understand the gambling stuff. So someone said you made some like I don't know analogy or you compared him to something. I really didn't know what it meant because I don't understand the gambling talk. And I was like, what did Justin say? Let me find out. So I don't even remember. So I can't really get any about it. I don't think it was. I don't know what you were saying, to be honest. So I'll try to find it while we're talking, maybe when we take a break. But um, tonight you were just like his defense isn't like really all NBA defense where you thought it would be just because of like um, the way he was talking and saying that he wanted to be. Now, I'm curious, though, do you think some of that is about because he sort of had to like pick up more of an offensive load for us. It's not just like, oh, Andrew's doing this well. Like, Clay was struggling for part of the season. Like, mm-hmm. we've needed him to do that. So do you think some of it's like he has to do more on the offensive end? Or do you think like he's – because I feel like I'm sure he didn't give up that goal. So what do you what do you think is going on? Um, Just to clarify, I mean, I think he's been very close to that. I just don't think that he's separated himself from other guys in the league to get that nod. Um, but yeah, the offensive load, I think just overall the team needing a little bit more from their starters than I think they anticipated is just kind of getting everybody a little bit more exerted. But as far as like all defense, um, I'm picturing his screen navigation being a little bit better. Um, you know, crashing the defensive glass a little bit more, just things like little things, you know, he's super close. Like I said, he's, he's been great on defense all season. I'm just saying like all defense just looks a certain way. I don't think he's quite been that. Um, I think Draymond is around there. Like, I don't even think Draymond has looked his best defensively this season. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I noticed, you know? Okay. Well, I do want him to make all defensive team, but there's still some time to turn that around, but he certainly looked like an all-star and we got to get him on the team. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, he had, what, 37 tonight? 36? Yeah, 36. it would have been 37 if they counted that three. 36 on 19 shots. It would have been 39 is. if he made them damn free throws. That's true. That's true. <laughs> free throws. Yep. Um, led the team plus 34. So definitely making a, a compelling all-star case. And, yeah. He's been like this all season. I mean, offensively, he's been great defensively, but offensively, he's been kind of off the chart for most of the season. Um, and yeah, he's he's one of those players that if you need him to score more, he can kind of score more. If you need him to take a back seat because Clay's got it going and Jordan's got it going, he's willing to do that as well. So, ultimate warrior, ultimate team player. Okay, and um. What about Jordan Poole? Do we have Jordan Poole back? Like, is Poole back back fully? I think he got to put a few more games together. Also, yeah, so we got to make sure that ankle is okay. But he looks he looked comfortable out there. I think the whole thing about Jordan is, like, how comfortable is he when he's out there, you know? Um, 
does he have another facilitator next to him? Does he have someone else that can take some defensive attention away from him so he can just focus on scoring? Um, is he locked in defensively where he's, you know, just not being a traffic cone out there so he can get out and run and transition and do what he does because he's super dangerous in transition, as we've seen. He got a nice dunk uh, against Shingun. He hit some threes. So I think he's getting there for sure. As If he's consistent like this, this is two great games in a row. Um, if he can do this for a few more games in a row, then I think we can say, yeah, he's he's back. You know, he just yeah. looks good. A wise woman tweeted the other night that, like, she has to see a few more games from Jordan Poole to definitively say he's back. You know, that wise woman was me. So, (laughs) (laughs) So I am in agreement with you, Justin. Um, You brought up his ankle, and I was going to go there. Do you think, because his tweaks seem to be worse than Steph's. They both tweaked their ankles tonight, but Jordan was, like, limping around out there. Yeah, More so than I saw Steph doing. Right. I think Steph be having like extra stuff on his ankles too. Like padding and like braces and stuff, whatever. Uh and Jordan, I think he just probably just gets his ankles taped and then goes out there and plays. So Right. Probably got a little bit more of the impact on his ankle, but um I'm not worried about it. I think what they got two days off? No, they, they only got next. Oh wait, no, they got one no, because they play Monday. Right, right, right. So they okay, they got one one day off. Yeah, Maybe they don't play. have two nights off until after the, and then they got to fly to Utah to the altitude. So they have after the Utah game, which is Wednesday, next Wednesday, they have Thursday and Friday off before Boston. I kind of feel like, you know, Kerr may want to just get Jordan some rest in one of these two games, you know, especially if Clay is going to be playing. Maybe mm-hmm. throw Moody in. He played well tonight. Like, I think you can manage a game or two without Jordan. You know, so he can be ready later for that that Boston game. Yeah, Indian so. Utah. I just don't. I don't think he's needed for both of those. Like, if it's lingering, I mean, I know they like to play it safe anyway, so they probably would. But I just feel like because it's gonna feel worse tomorrow. The ankle, right? It's gonna feel worse. Yeah, probably. Um, but he's young though, so maybe it, he doesn't feel anything tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so we'll we'll see. I think if it is lingering, like you said, if it's lingering, just sit him. Because you won't necessarily like need him to beat a team like Indiana, even though they've been playing well. You don't need him to beat Utah, um, but Boston, you would definitely need him. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And just just general in general, his health. You want him to be as healthy as possible. So if you got to sit him, then sit him. And uh, and there are no back to back, so Clay should be able to play both of those games. Right, and I think they said something earlier about like Clay eventually is going to start playing back to backs um, at some point this season. So yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, Moody, Moody. I think he earned some minutes, even though he did. Well, he was minus sixteen. I think that was just a lot of noise in that in his minutes. That just right. it wasn't really his fault that they were minus sixteen. Right. Um, even though he did make a few mistakes out there, but you got to live with those. I think. Um, but yeah, I think Man he's ready had for what minutes. five fouls? Like, please. That's, that's like, I I'm don't want to hear about Moody's goddamn mistakes because Kerr's like, oh, you know, he fouls a lot. <laughs> Okay, let me. I was about to cur, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was about to be like ninja, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like my wigger, my wigger. <laughs> like like go <laughs> <come> on. <laughs> it's yeah. like you gotta be kidding me. Like Moody fouls a lot. What you think that dude Lamb is doing out there that you keep yeah. putting out there? Right. Um. There. I think they're just. They're more comfortable with Lamb because he's a little stronger, sturdier body. So you feel more comfortable with him switching on the bigs in those situations than you do with Moody. And he has, up to this point, shown that he can do the handoff stuff and all of that. But it's like, just like we're seeing with Jonathan Kaminga, if you give him enough reps and make sure that you coach the, the areas that he needs to be focusing on, I think over the course of three to four to five games, he's going to start to pick that stuff up. And that's right. going to pay more, way more dividends in the long, in the long run than with Lamb. Because one, you only get a certain amount of games with Lamb. And it's obvious that Lamb is not going to help you really in a playoff setting or anything beyond regular, a few regular season wins. So you need to invest in Moody a little bit more. Um, just try it out. Give him a few more minutes. And like you said, he's not making any more mistakes or fouls than, than Lamb is doing. Lamb had five fouls and like, five minutes or something like that. Um, 
and Moody's way more dynamic offensively. He's, what three or three for three or four for four from three today? Right. Um, can do more off the bounce. He just got to get more reps so he can understand the things that he needs to stop doing and avoid doing. Uh, so that's just been my take on Moody from the beginning. But we'll see. Okay. Um. Why don't we break here? We got some more things to talk about. Um, but I think this is a nice time to take a break. So you're tuned in. You're tuned in to Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast with Justin and Nat. We'll be right back. For all NBA, for all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. And we're back. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. Let's continue talking about the dubs, Justin. So, there's something I've noticed, and I mean, I don't think it's just with the last two games, but it definitely happened in the last two games. And the Warriors, and definitely versus the kinds of teams it should be happening for. Chicago isn't that good this year. The Rockets are a young team. They have talent, but they're not a good team yet, right? And the Warriors get out to these big leads. But like I said, it's happened in other games earlier this season. And they haven't been able to sustain them. And I know, I know the cliche. It's a game of runs, blah, 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 blah. But the Warriors of old used Mm -hmm. to get these leads. And I'm not saying they never blew leads. But we used to, like, beat a lot of teams. And, you know, by the third quarter, and it ended, Steph and the other starters sometimes would be sitting and I just – I haven't seen a game that we were able to put away before the fourth, really. Like, Steph has had to come back in. Um, and they let – you know, the moment Steph sort of comes back in, that's it. It's like a wrap, typically. Um, but, you know, he has to come back in. Like, they can't put the teams away despite getting these big leads. And I'm just not sure. Is that something to be concerned about? Uh, for sure. I think it's not only that they're, like – not ending games. I think it's it's one of those things where they're getting out to big leads, as you said, and they're giving up big runs. It's like that goes beyond, oh, it's a game of runs because teams shouldn't be going on 15 to two runs on you. Like that's not a run you should be giving up if you're one of those better teams. I think maybe, okay, a team outscores you in, in a seven, eight minute span by six points, but you've been up 20 the whole time. Like that's cool. But if they outscore you by, 10, 11, 12, 13 points in like a three minute, four minute span. That's just not how, how you're supposed to be playing basketball. Um, it happened against, like you said, Chicago. Uh, they gave up a huge run and they gave up that run with like their guys in. Like, and I think it's just, you know, taking a foot off the gas. This is where the kind of like the championship hangover stuff can be brought up. Like they're just not going to give it 110% focus at all points of the game. Um, Steph has turned the ball over a lot in the last four or five games. And a lot of it is just like, oh, that guy's not going to take, he's not going to pick this pass off. Like, you know, like just not being super focused, like just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're better than y'all. Like, and the other team is like, this is the game of our lives and we're going to play as hard as we possibly can. Right. So I think they just got to tighten up the, the focus a little bit. Some of it is still like second unit stuff. Um, I think today with, with clay out, the rotation was kind of a little shaky. Um, and it's one of those things where the depth is so like so low now that mm-hmm. if one of the starters out, it is a little bit different. Um, and Lamb had all his fouls. So he, he had to sit and all type of stuff. So they played a lineup. I think it was Dre. I want to say Dre. Three, Dre, uh, Jordan, Kaminga, Moody, and I want to say the fifth might have been Lamb or might have been Dante. But playing all three of the kids, if you include Jordan as as a kid, at the same time, it's a little it's a little tough. And then Dante in there, he you know he he turns the ball over sometimes. He makes some decisions that's a little bit questionable. So you had it was a just tweet weird. about him like saying like Dante with too much power or some or too much <laughs> something like that is like yeah. Nervous. I'm yeah, paraphrasing yeah. you, but it was something along those lines. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I meant that, like, if you put Dante in a lineup where he's, like, he's just one of the guys, right? He's 
he's making the connective passes. He's uh he's just additional ball handling. He's a point of attack defender or like a group defender in there. Then it's fine, right? He he allows his that allows his strengths to shine through, be able to stretch the floor and just you know be a part of a good team. But if you are like yo Dante, we need you to run the point for in the next two three minutes. He's going to start doing too much. Or it's like Dante. Like it was a point in the game where Dante was out there and Jordan and Steph were sitting. So it's essentially like Dante run the offense and he was taking like step backs and he was just like <laughs> doing too much, like turning it over. Um, so that's just, that's what I was talking about. He, like he's a role player. He's not a guy that can run your offense. Like he's not Sean Livingston or anything like that. It can just set, settle everybody down. He's just a, a very good team offensive player, team defensive player, like solid role player um, through and through. He'll make a couple plays here and there that are, you know, high quality plays, home run plays. But for the most part, he's a single hitter. And if, you, if you're asking him to make home run plays, it's going to be not great, I think. And I don't even be watching baseball like that, but I get it. I get the reference <laughs> that. Justin is good at this, y'all. Like, he should be a teacher of sports and stuff like that. He really <laughs> breaks down things so well. No, really, you do. It's one I of the qualities it. that I really like about you and why I like working with you and why we're doing this podcast together. Because, you know, I don't be teaching nothing. I just be talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody, very few people talk shit better, so. And laughing and apparently usually, you know what? I get a lot of compliments on my laugh, which I don't get, but I do. I get a lot of compliments, but I don't get why people like my laugh so much. But um, someone is not a fan of my laugh. Um, I think many of our listeners know, if not, I, I um, work on a show brother from another on Peacock TV Um and so some uh, some some listener, someone who watched the show doesn't like me or my laugh. Call my laugh a fake laugh. It's like, wow. Haters. Wow. Haters. Why is my laugh catching strays for no reason? So um but yeah, no, also I was like in the, the, the cafeteria or whatever at work and this I was I, I don't know why I was laughing, but you know, I laugh often and some woman just walked up to me, she's just like Oh my God, you have the best laugh. It is so infectious. It's like, oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you, lady. <laughs> right. Red love. Red love. So, yeah, but back, back to basketball. So, yeah, Justin's great. So, thank you again for being my um, partner. Um, so, in terms of, 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 you know, in terms of, the trend, like them giving up these leads. Like you said, some of it's championship hangover. Some of it was like the, you know, Clay being out tonight. But the cha- like, I'm never worried about the starters when they do it. I don't like when they do it, but I know that if they need to lock in, they can mm-hmm. lock in and do what they need to do. But what does the team have to do collectively? Is it just a matter of that or what, like, what needs to happen so that that trend doesn't continue? Well, the easiest thing to do would be getting in some more getting another player right um <laughs> just another another good player that you can rely on um uh, but internally just i think they settle a lot they go for a lot of it's they're the type of team where it's like the ceiling is extremely high because it's the plays that they make are unconventional and they go for a lot of home run plays and they hit a lot of them um you know steph clay jordan some of the shots that they take and make that's part of what makes the Warriors special, but there are those, it's a high variance type of um, play style, right? For people who don't know what that means, it's like, it can go well, it can go bad. It's just, it's kind of unpredictable, but you know, there, there are moments where they're taking a lot of these shots that are just crazy shots that we have seen them hit a lot, but sometimes they don't go in. The other team gets a little bit momentum, you know, Um, and momentum carries in basketball and all sports, right? Guys that usually won't hit a shot or, will hit that shot because they got the momentum going in the game. Um, so I think that's kind of what it is. Uh, but usually they have, I mean, the teams from the past have had a lot more um, veterans on the, on the bench and just throughout the roster that would just settle the team down and okay, say, okay, we're not going to go crazy with these shots right now. You know, for the most part of this dynasty, Dre, Clay and Steph have been the young guys 
you know, have been the a part of the younger group on the team and they've been surrounded by guys that have been in the league three, four, five years longer than them. Now they're the elder statesmen and they're trying to calm everybody else down. Um, so it's just, it's just a lot to navigate, but for the most part, like you said, the starters can lock in whenever they need to. They just kind of got to get the younger guys to be able to follow suit, which that comes with experience and, and reps. I wish I would have just had you with me the other day when I was on, um, I was on the air with Dr. Jason Johnson. Do you know who that is? He's like a, he's on like MSNBC a lot, like a political contributor, lots of things. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, he tried to tell me momentum isn't real in sports. I said, what? Like, hmm. you crazy? We were going back and forth. We were talking about a bunch of stuff, but he's just like, you know, it's like when people say momentum in sports, that's not a real thing. So we had a little debate about that, but I disagreed strongly. But yeah. it definitely <laughs> is. I can't really explain it. But it definitely is. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely is. I'm like, come on, come on. So, but um, so yeah. So the other, well, you know, another trend I like. Well, I didn't like the other one, so I didn't say another one I like. So let me talk about a trend I like, since that was one I didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. Draymond, Draymond, offensive player, glimpses <laughs> of uh, 2016. Dre, like, who is this player we're watching over the last? Not just the last couple of games. I mean, he's just been doing more on the court offensively. Yeah, that um, that damage control is just going. It's coursing through his veins right now, you know. <laughs> and that contract, that contract plus the damage control. No, I'm just kidding. But um, he just looks more confident, more more comfortable in the shot. You can tell that he was working on his game over the summer. Um, he was in a lot of those Rico Hines. I don't know. I'm not sure if you heard of Rico Hines, but he holds like. NBA mm-hmm. pro runs over the yeah. summer and he was in Draymond was in quite a few of those and didn't he looked after one of those Steph did I think one or two days of those um and yeah he just looks like he just played a lot of basketball over the sea uh, over the summer didn't come into the season needed to get on that peloton like the last few se- like a few seasons ago we've he looked a little out of shape but he came into the season in shape ready to shoot um so it's looking all right he hit his first one didn't make one after that but he passed MJ, so that that's a big accomplishment in anything. Passed MJ really. in what now? What passed him in what? He passed him in, in career three pointers made. Draymond Green. <laughs> so you're telling me they look into the record books. Draymond Green will have made more three pointers than Michael Jordan. Yep, I'm pretty sure in less time too. You know, I'm just kidding. Obviously, Michael. So what you're telling me but... is that Draymond is the goat. That's what you're telling me. Pretty much. I mean, he can guard one through five, and he's a better shooter than Michael Jordan. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, look, I'm about to derail our conversation. Um, so I was having a debate with someone because you just said guard one through five, and it triggered something for me. So I was having a debate on the TL because, um someone was making the argument that Kevin Durant is the most portable player. And yet, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to be relevant for purposes of like best player combos. So I was like, well, for one, even if you are the most portable player, that doesn't make you the best player, but also he's not the most portable player, but a very portable player. <laughs> right. So that was my response. Uh, well, who else? I said, well, staff. <laughs> but um, others chimed in. They were like Giannis um, hmm. and Jokic. Hmm. Mm. On, on Giannis, you disagree on that one? I disagree on Giannis and Jokic. I mean, I just think Steph is more portable. I don't really care about the others. But I just, you know what it is with Kevin? And I know people think I'm a Katie hater. What I feel like with Kevin has always been done and I mean, it's a little similar like the other night. So you had a tweet where it's just like, when people were just like, he can get any shot he wants. And then you were like, that's the shot he gets. <laughs> or, you know, you get, mm-hmm. or it was he can shoot over anybody, whatever, something like that. I just feel right. like people talk about him theoretically in terms of what he can be, but not what yeah. he actually is or does, right? It's like, he can guard yeah. one through five. I said, really? Can he? You know, they're like, like, you could plot him into be a center. I'm like, if he's going to be your five, that team is not doing much. Is he even going to make it through the season as a five? Like, what are we... I was like, listen, unless he can do all those things at, like, to me, a good enough level that it's really impactful for the team, then I don't know that I really care that he's, you know, if I'm going to accept your premise that he's um, the most portable, then 
like because there's so many of those things that like I don't think he's like I don't think he's a great playmaker you know I don't like he just there's just he doesn't do all those things well so I don't know or like that great so I just don't think he's like this person you know people always talk about oh like he can defend I'm like he can but he never does it consistently on a night-to-night basis for like long like you know long enough for you to be like saying like oh he's this great defender I just People just talk about him theoretically too much. And I feel like if he can do all these things you guys are telling me, most portable and can play one through five and guard one through five, his team wouldn't be getting swept. It would not be getting swept. <laughs> and the, his, the, the ceilings of his team would be higher on the Nets. I mean, he was with the Warriors. And I know that, like, you know, OKC won a lot of games, but I just – I don't think he's this player that he's 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 an amazing player. He's an all time great. So I don't want anyone to take away from what I'm saying. But I just think people theoretically tell me things about Katie that are not like what actually happens. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think, like you said, people talk about him theoretically, right? Like is you you project what you think he is based on like his what his skill set and what his physical attributes allow him to be able to do. But you don't see all of those things at all times um, at a super elite level at every single thing. You know, like it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of like you you think about it like, okay, you create a player on 2K, right? Everybody's going to make KD. That's always the sentence. Like if you create a player on 2K, you're going to make him seven foot, be able to shoot jumpers, have handles, be athletic, be able to guard multiple positions and stuff like that as well. So. Like when people think about basketball, they think about it as if it's 2K, like, oh, he's a creative player. So he got to be the best player. He can do everything. Like Shay said, he can do everything that Steph can do, but he's seven foot. It's just not the case, right? It just doesn't happen that way. Um, Big cap. Yeah. yeah, It's just (laughs) (laughs) people fall in love with the height. And like you said, he's obviously a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time. But I think people talk about him as if he's like, he's slightly, they, people, they talk about him slightly better than he actually is. And it's been the case for a while. Um, but like, like you said, he's an all time great. It's just, I had a tweet a while ago and I said, like, like if you think Katie's the best player, sure. Like he's the best player in the league. If he has a table set for him to be that right. When you, when he doesn't have to worry about being the engine of the offense and setting everybody up and doing all type of stuff, then sure, his efficiency is going to go through the roof and he's going to average 35 points in the finals, right? When he doesn't have to worry about anchoring a defense because he has a guy like Draymond Green next to him, then sure, he's going to look like a cheat code defensively because he can be a help side uh, shot blocker and switch on the people and stuff like that. Um, so once you have an offensive and a defensive engine next to him, he's going to look even better than he than he is. But when you remove those things, you start to see some flaws in his game. And they're very little flaws, and they're minor because he's still top whatever player in the league and top whatever right. player of all time. But they are flaws that need to be acknowledged a little bit more when you talk about him next to peak LeBron and Steph and Giannis now and all this type of stuff. So I just think it gets overlooked a little bit too much for my liking. But it, it is what it is. I like KD. Um, so he's a great player, whatever. I don't hate Katie. I know people think that I don't hate anyone, but yeah, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Anyway, I derailed the combo, but that was still a fun combo. So why don't we break and come back and uh, we'll get into some more stuff? It's Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. We'll be right back. Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. One. We're back. Did you miss us? Of course you did. It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm Nat. That's Justin. Oh, you can't see him. I'd be talking to y'all like y'all can see us on video soon. Soon come, soon come. But um, I'm Nat and that's Justin. So, um... The Warriors are now two games over 500. Two games over 500. 
I, I can't believe this is a thing at this point in the season. It's just, it's so ridiculous to me. And I didn't even do like the tweets that I should have tonight, but like, this is why you win the games you're supposed to. And you don't choke away, you know, you just don't trick away games because Steph tweets an ankle, Jordan tweets an ankle. Now I think Steph is going to be fine and we'll be able to play, but, and, and maybe pool will too. We don't know. His looked a little worse, but Imagine, like, if you would have had a bigger cushion, like, that's not as alarming if you don't have to play pool for a few days, right? Or now you have the luxury to say, you know what, let's just sit him. And then you might have to ultimately do that, but, and like we said, it's maybe fortunate because the next two teams are probably teams they can do it without him, but it's just like, that's why you win the games. You win the games that you're supposed to win, and you you don't trick away games because you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on the line. Yep. I think ultimately... You know, we we hope that they end up top three seed or somewhere around there, but it's so jumbled up in the West, you can't help but always go back to those three games against Detroit, Orlando, and Charlotte. If they win those games, they are 16 and 8 right now, which would be first in the conference. Um, But now they got to focus on winning their next few games so they can climb up to probably around third or fourth. Right. Still still for the taking. Definitely still for the taking, but, like, it just – you made it harder than it needed to be. Um, so, but the Warriors are two games above 500 nonetheless. Um, they're in what, seventh place right now? They are in six. I just checked. They updated that Utah loss. Okay. So they are out of play in range right now. Oh, oh we not in the play in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Justin, please, I need you to be serious, okay? Stop playing. Wow, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the Warriors are in sixth place. Who's ahead of them? I'm trying to get to the standings right now. Um, Um, Phoenix is first, Denver second, New Orleans third, Memphis fourth, Sacramento is fifth. Sacramento a half game ahead, Memphis is one game, Denver and New Orleans are two games ahead and Phoenix is three games ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We going. I mean, the Kings are good. They're, they're real this year. I don't think that they're like making it out the West, but I think they could stay out of the play in potentially. Yeah, I do too. Um, Cause the teams that are in the play in right now are the Clippers, jazz trailblazers and Mavericks. I think the Kings are better than the Jazz and the Trailblazers. The Mavericks got some stuff to figure out. They they probably better than the Mavericks too, to be honest. But and then the Clippers just can't get healthy, so they are probably Clippers the only one if they can get like healthy soon that mm-hmm. maybe could like sneak back up in there. But I think like the Utah Jazz, like we this is they're gonna probably be a playing team at best. Um yep. I think Portland though, Dame has been out. They were playing well while he was there. So, but I still don't think they're, you know, they'll probably be in playing range to Dallas. Yeah. And then many, like now they've lost like cat for a while. Not that they were playing that well with him, but um, these might be the top six teams. The order may change between them, but the, these might be the top six, the teams who are here right now currently. Mm-hmm. I think the, yeah. Phoenix, Denver, New Orleans, Memphis, and Golden State, I think for sure would be the top five unless someone gets hurt on on one of those teams. Who are the top five again? Phoenix, Denver, New Orleans, Memphis, and I think Golden State will end up leaping Sacramento. I agree. Um, okay. and we, those we, be... we leaping Memphis and New Orleans, too. We we not less yeah. than three. We leaping all of them, people. Yeah, I think so, too. But I think Sacramento is no higher than six unless someone gets hurt from one of those other teams I just mentioned. Right. Okay. All right. Sixth place. Six is my favorite number two. So I think they did it for me. Um, All right. So we got some games coming up. We got some games coming up. Um, We already mentioned next game is Indy. It just always hurts my heart when we play um, a team that has Halliburton on it. I don't want to say always Indy because he wasn't there like his entire career, but just every time the Warriors play against him and I watch him, I just like, Ugh. he's the one. He's the one for me because that's mm-hmm. that's who I was like. I like this Halliburton guy. Um, 
I just would have looked like, could you imagine him on this team? Ugh. Yeah. His like, personality like, I like fits him too. More. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I'm saying his personality fits too. Yeah. Like I like him way more than like the love fest that everyone was having with LaMelo, to be honest, you know? Um, yeah. He might be, I mean, he might be a better player than LaMelo at this point too. Probably yeah. I is. mean, I think that, I think a lot of, I get it. The whole, like you, you draft the best talent and all that. And so you draft for talent, not fit. I get all of that, but look, James Wiseman is unlikely to be who the Warriors thought he was going to be. Whatever. Fine. Um, Like I said, I don't really give them that much grief for the pick because he was projected top three pick like that. He was going to go in the top three. So I don't think like they pick some pick where it's just like, what, you know, um, so I'm, I'm not going to kill them for that. Cause it's hindsight. Now they're just the ones who got the guy who wasn't, you know, who didn't turn out to really be what we thought he was going to be fine. But he, people killed them a lot because they were like, they didn't really like LaMelo in terms of like, you know, whether it was his father or, you know, just like kind of his reputation, the way he appears. So like, like, you know, some of the stuff he does. So it was just like, they they were also into Wiseman because they just thought he was a better culture fit, um, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever. And they sort of got killed for that. Now, look, there's some things I didn't like. Like, when I was just like, kind of like, oh, you know, he kn- he knows other languages and he's well-spoken. I was always get a little funny when, like, white people are talking about, you know, um, black people and their intelligence being well-spoken. It's like a, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. like, it's so surprising sort of a thing. Um, but I do think though, there is something to be said about like fit, right. And like fitting in with the culture. And I just, I feel like people overlook that so much. And a lot of the times when there are certain players that I've kind of been like, no, I don't want on this team. That's often what it was about. Ben Simmons. I'm like, y'all see all the stuff he does on his other teams. Why do you want Ben Simmons on the team? Why? You know, it's like, um, there were other people um, who we just talked about it the other day with like Miles Turner. And I was like, I don't know if I want him because he seems to make commotion, you know, like I know people are just like, and like, to me, those are just like, not, you know, like they're not like, like, and even KD was a fucking lot, but he's Kevin Durant. Like, I just like, you know, it, it, to me, it does matter. And like Kevin Durant did affect the chemistry of the team. It's talked about or it's alluded to, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a real thing. So I just don't get why people get so upset about that because it does matter. It, it really does matter. And like Halliburton, the reason I'm so like in love with him, like you said, he fits, right? Like, like it's not just like his skill and ability, but he would fit on this squad. And I remember at the time him making comments like, oh, I could learn from Steph. And it's just like, why didn't you go for Halliburton? Why? Anyway, wasn't meant to be, but I love him. Yeah, he's a monster. Um, and you can just only imagine how much easier he would make someone's life like Jordan Poole. <laughs> I still can't believe they traded him. Do you think, Sack, like when you look at how they're doing this year, do you still think it was the right thing that they did? Yeah, I mean, I think they committed to De'Aaron Fox. It was one or the other. And Darren is them to play together. Not and be not be the best version of themselves together. No, I don't okay. think so. Um, I think they knew it. I think De'Aaron probably felt that way as well. Um, and De'Aaron is having the best year of his career. Halliburton is obviously having a breakout season, so it worked out individually for them too. And then the Pacers and the the Kings are. Um, I want to say they might be tied for their record, but they both have really good records. Um, so it's worked out team-wise as well. Sabonis is having a great season. So I think it worked out for both sides. I think long-term, obviously, it, it could get a little bit rough for Sack just because I think Halliburton is is on his way to something uh, potentially higher than what maybe De'Aaron Fox can get to, even though De'Aaron Fox is a great player. I think Halliburton might have a little bit more dynamic like a high, higher ceiling offensively just because of his playmaking ability is kind of off the chart. So long-term, it could be more in Indiana's favor, but right now it's, it's looking good. Um, De'Aaron and Sabonis are both fairly young, so they should be good for the near future as well. And Mike Brown is a great coach. So 
yeah, worked on both sides. But if, if he was in Golden State, it would be it would be crazy. I know some people would be like, "Well, maybe he wouldn't have developed the same. Maybe not." But he still clearly has the skill set that Golden State could have worked with and, and cultivated up to this point. And it would be his third year now, so he probably would be very nice with Golden State right now. Yeah, and he also like he was very like. Like, he was invested in the Kings, right? I mean, he was, like, devastated because, like, he, like, wanted to build them up. And, like, you know, he has, like, what you want in your guy, you know? And so you just know he, he'll buy in. He'll – look, it wasn't meant to be because his star was meant to shine elsewhere. But, damn it, I love me some help. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they play indie next. They play indie next. So, um we're assuming right now that like everyone's going to play, but potentially I, I expect Steph to play, but potentially, potentially let's say maybe Jordan doesn't play. So there's, they have Indy coming up still should be a game that they should win though. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Indy's got some, got some guys, but the Warriors should handle them fairly easily. Um, they take care of business with the starting lineup. And then the second unit just, make sure they don't give up a huge run. It's, it'll be the same like the last few games where they're just kind of just comfortably ahead and they just got to make sure that they coast the right way and not just give up a huge lead. But I don't think Indiana will pose that much of a threat, but we'll see. I want to yeah. say Indiana – I was going to say, I want to say Indiana beat them like the last two or three seasons in a row, though, at least one time. So they got something with Indiana, but they, they should do. be – because even when they went to Indiana and won, it was, like, very hard for them to win that game. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, the Pacers just give them some issues. Right, which is why I was like, that won't be an easy game. Um, so, Indy, it'll be hard fought. Then they're going to go to Altitude and go to Utah. Um, so, those are the next two games, but we're still saying wins, right? Yeah. Still so then that. it's it's Boston comes to town. Now we know if uh, for a game like this, we expect everyone to be locked in for the Boston game. Yep. Um, and Boston hasn't lost many games. They did just lose the other night to the Heat, but they have not lost many games. They have the best record in the NBA. They're tough. They got the best offense, I think, statistically, maybe of all time right now. <laughs> okay, but that's uh, not real. Yeah, I think that their shooting is going to – progress a little bit but their process is still really really good they just get a good shot a lot of the time um and they got two dudes that's putting up almost 60 a game combined so if we can stop those two dudes i think we'll be in pretty good shape <laughs> if we can stop them <laughs> right. i'm skeptical um oh, and when i say <laughs> it's fake that's like it's not even about like i don't think that their offense is really good it's more so that i'm like I refuse to believe that any offense is ever better than the 2017 Warriors. So, like, you're, I'm just not going to be convinced <laughs> of that. I'm sorry. I don't care what the actual final number is. That is the best offense of all time. Yeah. I mean, that one's up there. I think one of those uh, Showtime Lakers ones is up there as far as offensive rating as well. Celtics just got a lot of guys that are extremely hot from three right now. And I think they're going to cool down a little bit. So, the number is probably going to drop. But. We we can't be the team that they continue to be hot against because, yeah, they're going to play yeah. defense when it when it. I think they're going to play like their defense is about fifteenth this season or mid mid of the pack. But I think they're going to be locked in defensively against the Warriors just because. Absolutely, <laughs> we so, beat them in the finals. They're coming right. back to show that like they already think you know you already had. Um, what's the one that went to the same school with stuff? Went to the same school. Not not. Not at the same time, but um, what's his name? Little light skin one on the Celtics. I don't know who you talking yes, about. Yes, you do. Grant. Grant. Is that his name? Grant. Grant. Yeah. Did he, didn't he go to Davidson? No, I don't think he went to Davidson. He didn't? Then why did they have him talking when Steph got his like? He went to Tennessee. I have no clue why he was there. <laughs> oh, I thought he went there because they were like, remember he was talking about like Steph? Yeah. What? So why why did that happen? They probably just reached out to him. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. They were like, he was like, I yeah, you got a ring. I thought he was also before. an alum or something. Nah. That is so random. 
them. Maybe he was. Nah, I have no clue the affiliation. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. Um. So yeah, Grant. Um. You remember he was like, "Well, we should have won, or we felt we should have." No. Yeah. So he was like, "We're the better team," but they, but they executed better. It was some one of those like sentences that didn't make sense. sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Grant Williams, though. Yeah. So they're they're coming locked in. Um, but I also think the Warriors are going to be locked in for them. So, and the Celtics Warriors battles over the years have always been good. They usually split them over the season. Yeah. Um, both of these teams are capable of winning in each other's homes. So, um, we said we would like them to be five and zero to start that big road trip. Um, we said they're going to be five and zero, but that you know, as long as they don't do anything stupid when they go to Utah. Or, you know, whatever. Indy, like, they really should win. They're at home. But that's going to be the game. That's the game. So, Boston. Yeah. Do they play Milwaukee right after that, the next day? No, not the next day. Okay. I think they just, I mean. Because they go on the road. Yeah. You want to win both games. But I think a split between back-to-back games. Not back-to-back, but, you know. They can lose to Indiana and Indy. That's fine. Just go in there and do what you got to do with Milwaukee. So after the Boston game, they have two. They they travel, but they have two nights before they play Milwaukee. But then Indy's the second night of the back to back. So if Indy loses in Golden State, you know whatever, fine. Losing Indy, some people may not even play, and then you got Philly on Friday. Right, a game that I will be in attendance for. All right. It's time. It's time for us to conclude. Is there anything else you wanted to say, Justin? Nah. Shout out to Wiggins. Um, Should have got his career high in threes. I know. That sucks. They took one away. Shoe size, Wiggins. Shoe size. That's what they told me for KD. So that's what I'm going to say for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He looked a little sad, too. He's like, oh, like his face. Not like really, really distraught, but like, oh, my foot was on the line. (laughs) (laughs) Hope it's okay. You still my baby Wiggins. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, hope JP and stuff ankles are all right. Ice them up. Then yeah. Get some more wins. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go dubs. All right, y'all. Until next time, we'll be back. I told you at the beginning, but you know the drill. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Follow us on um, on Twitter, Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Leave a five-star review and rating. We appreciate you. And we will be back for the next game, which is Indiana. Take care. Have a great weekend. We're out. <laughs>